With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what's up? What's good? How is everybody doing? Adam Lefko here for the Sins and Lefko podcast. It is episode 102. 102. And we have Sims on the phone. Hi, Chrissy. Oh, hey there, guys. How are you? Thanks for ruining my week off. This is great. This is the annual Chris Sims takes a week off to do I don't know what exactly. Sims, what are you doing? I'm in Florida with uh, the you wife are? and kids. Yeah, so it's um, I'm exhausted. We're coming home tonight. I need a vacation from my vacation. That's what you guys will learn one day when you're older and have your own kids. I mean, vacation's great for the kids and the wife, but I'm the one that's in the ocean with them all day long, in the pool with them all day long. Daddy, could we do this? Daddy, could we do that? How much sunscreen are you wearing? Uh, I, I'm pretty good. I mean, you know, I, I get the 50 on once or twice a day just to make sure, but I got a nice little tan going. Uh, wait, I can't imagine. You know, my wait. kids with their Sicilian bloodlines are, they don't have to worry. Yeah. Chris gets tan. He turns into like an old tomato. It's bad. All right. Hold on really quick. So twos, famous twos, Matt Ryan, Terrell Pryor, Derek Henry, Chris Sims was Ooh. a two. Derek Jeter, Deion Sanders, David Akers. Deion Sanders. Uh, but, Deion Sanders is twenty-one. Yeah, Deion Sanders is number two at Florida State. Oh, and that was part of the reason you picked two, right? It it is, yeah. And then if you really look at anything Deion Sanders throughout his career, he always wore number two at practice. Mm. Um, let's see. Are we missing any other twos right now? I think that I always go back to when I would uh, go to college with Yankees fans and they would just go one through ten and name all the numbers. It's pretty incredible that we just watched one of the guys become one of the top ten numbers for the Yankees and Derek Cheater. It is amazing. I mean, well, the Yankees, I think, are like they got to they got to be a little, I think, wary of uh, people that they're they're retiring jerseys for now and everything. I mean, not only are they going to run out of numbers, but I don't know. I just I think there's certain guys they've put in the Yankee Hall of Fame, their legend sections, where I'm not necessarily. Uh, uh, I don't know if they definitely were worthy of that. I mean, it seems like everybody on any of their championship teams now gets the jersey retired. Uh, but the Yanks are the greatest, and Jeter's the man, and he's got Hannah Davis pregnant. So I mean, props to him. I don't know what happened five months ago that Beyonce's having twins, George Clooney and his wife are having twins, Derek Jeter and Hannah Davis. Or what happened? Because you announced well, Derek what? Jeter and Hannah Davis did it the old-fashioned way. They actually put the penis in the vagina. You don't, huh, So you're telling me that you don't the think Jay Z and Beyonce in vitro. are you? How do you well, know that? Because, I mean, it's, I know because of the parents in my hometown who they can't get pregnant without But how do you know that stuff. they couldn't get pregnant? What if Jay-Z uh, was like, ah, and he just, it worked out? 
Well, the twin thing is the first thing you got to look for. I throw the challenge flag anytime. I mean, more twins are born now than ever. Why? Why do you think that is? But you are, do you have science? Time out. This is Chris Sims Scientology stuff. Hold on. Yep. Are you telling me that is it scientifically proven that in vitro leads to more twins? Uh, it, I do think it is. Yes. Do you do think it is, so. or do you got proof? I don't know. I'm not going to look it up, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure I am. You guys can look it up. They fucking do something over there. Uh, you, look, Josh I'm going to be honest. I can't he- Josh is sitting there with a headphone on doing nothing. Like, oh, hey, good he podcast, is currently. Guys. I don't know. I can't imagine what he's writing down. He's not Googling anything. Watch, he's going, he's going delete in vitro. Rates, why do you think the rates of triplets, quadruplets, and twins have all skyrocketed? I mean, that, that's the only reason. Hold they on. Put I'm, typing in, I'm typing in in vitro fertilization twins. There are more yeah. multiple births today. This is according to the ColumbiaFertility.com. There are more multiple births today in part because more women are receiving infertility treatment. With IVF, you and your doctor determine how many embryos will be transferred into your uterus. See? Thank you. Case closed. Thank you. Let's move on to the next court. Uh, Chris Sims, judge, Scientology, whatever. See, I, I'm the... I know a lot about a lot. Like, yeah, I but I'm going to be. Know everything. I'm going to. Yeah. So Beyonce was incredible. <laughs> Hold on, wait. So you were talking about the Yankees putting too many people into the Hall of Fame. I was just reading an article about Roddy White's comments. It's as if he knew we were doing the podcast today and said, "Let me say something really dumb so they can talk about it." But the article ended with, "Of course, the one time they'll put Roddy White into the Falcons Hall of Fame." Uh, I'm sure you saw his comments. He said, I'm glad I wasn't part of that team, the Falcons, because I probably literally would have fought Kyle Shanahan. Um, right. You, That's he, right, because Kyle's the head coach and the offensive coordinator. Let me, let me, finish, let me finish this absurd quote. Yeah. You destroyed a dream for a city, Roddy said. It's bigger than me. The city of Atlanta needed that championship, and you had it. Arthur Blank needed it, and he deserved to win that game with everything he's been through. It was finally our time to win, and it hurt me that we didn't get it done. So he says that he probably would have fought your friend, Kyle Shanahan, for what happened in the Super Bowl. And I'm just curious, if Roddy White walked into the room you were in right now, what would you say? I would just probably say that's a bullshit comment to, to even make. And, you know, I would, I, I would want to say this. I would go, Roddy, they wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl if you were on the team. So that's the problem. Mm. You know, they're there because you're not on the team. You were a cancer in the locker room. You were a cancer in the meeting room. You think you had a false perception of what you thought you were as a player. And, yeah, he's letting, again, this is why we all got to be wary of this in professional sports right now. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons almost fired Kyle Shanahan because Roddy White was disgruntled in year 11 of his playing career that he wasn't featured more. So uh, it just shows you that you can't listen to players uh, more times than not. And, yeah, I just uh, I think that's a, a low blow. And, you know, my point to that is, too, it's, first of all, the head coach is supposed to manage the football game. So if he's not telling the offensive coordinator something to do or something how to manage the football game in general, then uh, the offensive coordinator is going to go ahead with the way he's been calling plays the whole year, and that's what Kyle did. Now, at some point, Dan Quinn should have gone on the microphone and said, hey, I want you to run the ball here. It's second down, run it all the way. But I'm sure he probably gave Kyle the – the the confirmation to go do what you always do and that's what they did and it, and it backfired on on them I, I don't get it you know that you know I heard Devonte Freeman was posting things on Twitter yeah I told about, you that on the podcast last week 
Yeah, yeah, that's just – I just can't even I, – I don't understand that. I mean, the first I comment on Pro Football Talk under the, the story today with the Roddy White thing, the first comment is, you tell, you tell him, Roddy. Oh, it's yeah, crazy. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I feel crazy. like I'm – what's really funny, though, is I've had so many moments the last few weeks where people – or the last week or two where people come to me and go, hey, I know you guys like Kyle Shanahan and stuff, but you got to admit – and I, I look at them and go, so you're telling me a team that allowed 546 yards and 25 points in a quarter and a half, we're not going to blame the defense. And everyone looks at me and goes, huh, maybe you're right. But I, Yeah, I, exactly. That's exactly what everybody says to me, too. You're exactly right. That's everybody's response. Huh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's uh, uh, but but I just thought it's very interesting. Um, it, it's really interesting, and I'm going to weave it into the Charles Oakley thing, where there is these these former players that were seen as paramount to the success of a franchise. So Roddy White, eleven years in Atlanta during that stretch, Oakley during the '90s, and then you you always see the fans go with the former player. Um, yeah, and I just think you know I think they're lashing out, but I just look at Roddy White and I go, how many more? How how much longer are people going to care what Roddy White says? What's the lifespan yeah, of Roddy White uh, impact? Right. I, yeah, I don't get that either. I mean, I don't know why. Like, I mean, this is the guy that was complaining he wasn't getting the ball enough last year, and nobody else in football even gave him a shot to make a team this year. Right, because so he I was super. Really... He was super. Like they always say, he was good in the locker room. He didn't say anything. Those should be the guys yeah. that could get signed, and he didn't. But I just thought it was funny. No. He literally made that comment this morning. It, we had to riff on it. Um, and, and what were you going to say? I was just saying the Oakley thing is crazy. I mean, the Oakland Oakley thing. I mean, uh, listen, I, I have to go and talk on, you know, New York sports radio and do that stuff. Like when I host Boomer and Carden. So, and especially now that football's over, I am paying attention, attention to the Knicks games and watching that stuff. And like, there just couldn't be more dysfunction. I don't know why Carmelo Anthony wants to stay in New York. Like to me, I look at it and go, I, I almost find it troubling that he wants to stay here. I go, don't you want to go win and be a part of something? Like, well, why do you even want to torture yourself with this dysfunctional organization from the top to the bottom? I mean, whether it's been Phil and his posse comments and some of the crap and how he handles the media with the Carmelo situation. I mean, Dolan is a, I, I mean, he's just not the most impressive owner I've ever seen in professional no, sports. We'll he, just come on, that. dude. He's still trying to get yeah, on stage and, and play the harmonica like an asshat. So what happens is right. when you still think you're cool, you do moves because you think they're cool. It's just, yeah, man, come on. Owners stay the hell out of it. And he just can't. No, and I, mean, I, got, I don't even know if I know the total background with the whole Oakley thing as far as like where I, I understand there was, there's, they're, they're disgruntled with each other in a lot of ways, but how could you do that as, or, you know, and I understand the security chief for the Madison Square Garden got, got fired and let go and all those things. But again, it's just a disconnect. Like, how, how does that not get checked upstairs with the Dolan family or somebody else as it's happening to go, you know, Charles Oakley's here. We're going to try to kick him out. Uh, I, I just, again, it just shows you that the Knicks are a freaking circus show right now. And they don't have any of their crap together at any level. I mean, whether it's Derrick Rose, you know, taking a day off and going incognito because he flew back to Chicago when they have a game and doesn't call anybody or tell anybody. Like, I don't believe it. I think they should get rid of everybody, Derrick Rose, Mello, everybody start new. There's only one organization that is having more internal strife and more problems, and the media is hearing about it all the time, and that's 
Uh, the current White House, and that's a big topic right now with the NFL. Uh, Bleach Report's Mike Freeman's 10-point stance today. Uh, in it, he mentioned that uh, Bleach Report interviewed 11 current NFL players and asked them if they would go to the White House if they won the Super Bowl in the upcoming years in which Trump was president. Uh, six right. were white, five were black. All five black players said they would skip, with one of the quotes being, uh, going would betray everything I believe in. Uh, three of the six white players said they wouldn't go. Two of the six white players says they're not sure. In essence, they're abstaining. And one said he would go, and he said that not going would, quote, show a lack of respect for the office of the presidency. Um, so one out of 11 uh, current NFL players that they interviewed, which is not a high number, but it's it's a number, uh, said they would actually go. Uh, Sims, you're the quarterback of the Buccaneers. You win the Super Bowl. Trump's the president. Are you going to the White House? No. I mean, first of all, like whoever that one guy was that made the comment like not to go is disrespectful of the office of the presidency. So the president trolling our last president for eight years and saying he wasn't an American citizen, that was respectful to the office of the presidency, right? That's, yeah, okay. No, there's no freaking way I would do that, first of all. Uh, yes, you know I didn't vote for Donald Trump, but I'm not trying to get all personal with but what it. About, but what about just going with the team? And I'm going like, to be a leader in my locker room, and I don't believe in some of the things the man does as far as treating people and the way he's treated people. And he's definitely said borderline racist remarks or racist remarks in general, and he's act racist uh, with just the simple fact of anybody that doesn't think that our first American black president uh, and a guy that basically said he's not an American citizen, he's a Muslim, and I want to see his birth If they don't think that's racist, then they need to reevaluate themselves. I really do say that. I, I say that all the way. So yeah, I know how offended my black friends are. I know I've offended some of them, even whatever, Jewish, Spanish, whatever it may be. And I'm offended by the man a lot of the times and the lies and some of this stuff. And I would not go either. And that would be really hard for me to for- say because... Yeah, for some historical context, I would love to be there. Matt Burke uh, uh, did not go uh, when Obama was in presidency because he didn't agree with his pro-abortion stance. Uh, Tom Brady didn't go when Obama was there, and he said it was because of conflicting scheduling. And if you'll remember, there was a picture of him during that week out shopping, and a lot of people have asked him questions, which, of course, Brady, much like a pass rush, uh, evaded pretty well. Um, This one is really interesting because – I've been to one of these sports teams goes to the White House. I went when I covered Louisville during their championship season with the basketball team to Washington to meet Barack Obama. And I remember uh, hanging out with the players afterwards and interviewing them and them all saying, you know what the coolest part was? It was hanging out before you go out on stage and Obama came by and shaked everyone's hand and he like was recanting things that happened during their run. And they all said it was really cool just being around him and seeing him as a person. That's what right. the trip is all about from, from athletes that I've talked about that have been. It's getting to meet the president behind closed doors. And I, I guess for a lot of guys, they just don't want to go. There's been a number of guys that have already come out. I think Dante Hightower, Martellus Bennett. I think it's like five yeah. or six guys. McCourty. Have, McCourty has already come out. I know that James White says he's debating whether or not he's going to go. Um, what, what's re- also interesting for me is, uh, so Martellus Bennett's been a guy this season that during the national anthem has raised his fist in the air. So when you take yeah. that photo, 
I, I look, if you want to go and raise your fist in the air, I, I think that would be a powerful message too. I do think it would be a very interesting message if only the white players show up. Um, well, it, I, that that's, picture. that's to me is like that's the issue with me right now. I mean, there's just there's no white players sticking up for. Uh, you know, the guys of color right now, whether, you know, African-American, Spanish, that's the one thing I'm amazed by in, in, in all of this is that there's really nobody to stick up for, for that side. They need a white guy, a high-profile white guy to jump in the conversation because uh, I do think it's a little alarming. I know like Alex Smith a little bit. He tried to go there for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a few other guys who right. have quietly protested things in their own ways, but Nobody's come out and just said it. Like, I am really so, curious. Uh, yeah, I, the way he's treated and disrespected people, I just I couldn't do it. And I, and I don't want to be po- political or anything because, yeah, I voted for Hillary, but I also voted for George W. Bush twice, and I voted for Obama twice. I so I'm not afraid to like cross the aisle. If you've ever seen these things, the president goes up there, he talks, he talks about the team and what they've achieved, and they tell little anecdotes about everybody. I am very interested when Belichick and Brady are up there, and usually the head coach comes forward and, and maybe even says some things. When Trump starts talking about Belichick and Brady as really good friends, their reactions on stage, because they have been avoiding this for so long, and this is where it's all going to come to a front, where they're up there and we're going to watch the handshakes, the smiles, every single interaction between those two on a stage. It's now just not about a hat in a locker. Now it's two men and watching them engaging, and we are going to just, everything's going to be under a microphone. Microscope that will be fascinating to watch. It will be. I agree. And if you made me bet, I say Brady doesn't go. Stop. I think he'll find a way to finagle out of it. I think Brady. Everything I know the situation and and Lefko, you know. I mean, I worked for the Patriots and all that. Not that I've called up there. You think that he voted? You think that he voted for Hillary? I do. I think he voted for Hillary. I think Mr. Kraft voted for Hillary. I just think that they're, they're smart business people. It's like the same reason Tom Brady didn't get involved in the CBA talks. He didn't want to disgruntle any of the 32 owners or, or corporate America with him standing with the players. So him and Peyton Manning kind of stood out of it. Uh, and I think that's kind of the same way as this right now. Like Brady and Kraft are smart to realize 39% of Massachusetts voted for Donald Trump. And they're not going to disgruntle that thirty nine percent. So See, people, I just thought of something. Uh, that, if I'm if I'm a player on the Patriots, I am going, and what I am doing is I am getting into an old fashioned handshake off with Donald Trump. We have seen the last few weeks that man shakes hands for way too long. I'm making eye contact. Does like to hold a hand. Loves to hold a hand. Loves a good handhold. I am going to be shaking his hand and making eye contact as long as I humanly can, and I'm going to try and break him. That's my goal. If I'm, if I'm Malcolm Brown, I'm putting my big mitt out there, and I am shaking Donald Trump's hand as hard as I can, and we're going to see if he submits. Because that, that's a moment. I'm taking that moment back. I'm with you. Okay, great insight there. Uh, so, <laughs> you goof. Um, so, uh, sorry, something else came up on my computer, and I started reading it real quick. Pornhub. It is, isn't it? No, I'm on my little girl's computer, so I can't visit Pornhub on there. 
Yeah, please don't. The la- come no, on. I'm not. Okay, my good. wife, I think, would divorce me if I if she saw that on the history of my little girl's computer. So, um, so Pornhub's only for my Bleacher Report computer. Perfect. Good, good, good. Save it for the very vital places. Peter King uh, did a piece where he went to Montana and met with Tom Brady. Uh, I'll just say this for Bleacher Report. Apparently something happened where we post something and didn't give a credit to uh, MMQB and, and Peter King. Uh, I'll just be the face and I'll say uh, I think it was oversight and it was a huge fuck up. Uh, Peter King has been on our podcast now, what, three times? Uh, and yeah. we love the guy and we appreciate the work he does. I really didn't glean anything big from it except that I think the reason that Tom Brady avoids talking about anything else is because he legitimately only cares about health, wellness, and what he puts into his craft. And I know that a lot of people say that that's BS and it's the way of avoiding it. I have been around super intense people that take their diet and fitness to a whole nother level. And I think Tom Brady is one of those really crazy people where when you literally focus on everything that you put in your body, you really don't have time for a lot of other stuff. That's why a lot of people don't focus on their diet and have you heard about what his diet is sims well i mean when i was there uh yeah i mean it was he was getting his meals shipped in at the time uh you know shipped into the facility and basically eating his own type of meals not even eating what the rest of the team was eating so he he had taken it to another level i'm gonna say four or five six years ago maybe as far as his diet his training started to see tom house yeah um all those type of things. And, and that's, I mean, I read the article too. I mean, first of all, it's a great article. I, I respect Brady so much for uh, his humbleness through this so yeah. far right now. Just even, you know, even him admitting, like, I think there's other quarterbacks in football that if they were put on this team in this situation, they'd probably have five rings uh, as well. Like, I respect him saying that because, you yeah. know, that's the way I feel to a degree. It doesn't take away for how awesome he is as a team sport. Tom, um, Tom Brady, so I have a potential theory that when you start your career, everybody can be a Hall of Famer. Like, Ben Simmons hasn't played for the Sixers yet, but he could be a Hall of Famer. And as soon as he steps on the court, you're not climbing a mountain. It's how much do you chip away from your potential, yeah. and that's what you end up being. And I think that Tom Brady is not the best quarterback of all time, but I think he might be the guy that's maximizing his potential more than any other quarterback in the history of the NFL. I would agree with that. You're, I think that's exactly maybe the way to put it. You're exactly right, Lefko. I think that's a. I think you kind of hit the the nail on the head right there with that that analogy. He's um, just he's he's not ruined his potential. Like like he just maintains what he's capable of, and a lot of people yeah, get away from really, that. Yeah, you're right. And even getting better, too. I mean, you know, just like how we've talked about through the year, and we, you and I did the video earlier in the year, how he changed his throwing motion, and he was kind of stealing some things from Aaron Rodgers' warm-up. And, you know, yeah, it, this is a guy that to, the, to most of us, like two years ago, three years ago, you would just go, man, he's awesome. He doesn't need to change a thing. Just keep doing what you're doing. But he realized, no, uh, I don't only, only have to keep doing what I'm doing, but I'm going to look at other little ways that I yeah. can even improve, too. And I think with the throwing – and even the movement in the pocket the last two years, it's been better now than it was in 2010, 2011. Um, he is an obsessed individual. He's extremely driven, me being around him. I mean, he really is. He's, there's no doubt about it. His level of focus um, is top-notch. Yeah. And, of course, Belichick's there to enhance it even more. And with his eating and his training, yes. uh, and, yeah, he's taken it to a new level as far as professional athletes talking about 
organic foods and what you put in your body because so long for so long NFL players are just like, "Whoa, I work out so much. I can put anything in my body and I'll look fine." So, yeah, okay, yeah, you might look fine, but will you last and be able to play to the age of a Brady at 39 and play at that level? And now most positions can't do that cuz it's more physically demanding. Quarterback's definitely a position you can do it longer than others. So um, I have I have the details of the Tom Brady diet and I thought Tom Brady plus weird eating habits is pretty much Chris Sims. So I am you going know to... It. I know. I knew you were going to go there with this because I was going to... When you asked me before, like, do you know a lot about Brady's diet? I was like, man, his diet's probably pretty similar to mine. He's so I am going to read... Go I'm going to read the bullet points of the Tom Brady diet, and I want to know okay. if you are doing this as well. 80% right. of what he eats is vegetables. Okay. I think um, I'm probably not 80%. I'm probably eh, I'm probably about 70, maybe 75, but I, it's definitely up there, yes. No white sugar. I, uh, I don't always adhere to that just because I don't have to really? play anymore, so I have Friday and Saturday nights where I eat a lot of sugar. No white flour. Yeah. I mean, again, it's definitely something I tr- try to k- take out of my life. I mean, I'm not obsessive. Are there moments where I have a piece of – you know, white bread or whatever it may, may be, sure, but... Okay, uh, all right, so you're a little bit more lax than I thought you were. This one I know you break. No well, caffeine. Well, you know me. No like, caffeine. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not lax all week. I'm very strict all week, but then on the weekends, yeah, and I have lose to everything. play for or train for anymore, I, I let it go a little bit. Uh, no caffeine. <laughs> that is not for me. That one is... I am the opposite. I'm like triple espresso with a huge coffee on top of it every day. No dairy. Well, I, I mean, I definitely limit my dairy. There's no doubt. I mean, I would probably say I only have, I, I mean, maybe a bowl of you know cereal on a Saturday or Sunday morning. Yeah, so where I could hold so let me let me just go through this. So he also doesn't eat tomatoes, peppers, mushrooms, eggplants. He doesn't eat table salt, but he eats Himalayan sea salt. He's gluten free. Okay. He never really yeah. eats fruit unless it's a banana in a smoothie. Uh, the other twenty ah. percent is lean meats, organic steaks duck some chicken as for fish only wild salmon whole grains brown rice quinoa and only organic foods i mean this guy it's i mean i get it but i just i mean you need to be rich to be living like this you have to be well you don't need to be rich but you know we're in a society where uh, i I always say and i think you're realizing where we've become addicted to food in the society i mean here i'm with my sicilian my sicilian uh, my Sicilian in-laws right now, my, my father-in-law and mother-in-law. And I mean, we're literally haven't eaten breakfast yet. And he's talking about what he wants to do for lunch. And I want to be like, geez, like you got a little bit of a food problem here. I don't know if you noticed, but you're kind of addicted and it's all you think about. Uh, we've become a society that's more about like they live to eat instead of eat to live. And I think that's what yeah. Tom goes by. He's just going to eat what gets him through the day, makes him feel best, gives him enough energy to work out, and then what can I eat after that to maximize my workout? And, I mean, you see me. I mean, how much brown rice I eat. I eat quinoa definitely a few times a week, and um, he what's, probably eats more meat than me. But what's funny way, to me is that when I was talking about this in the office, people were like, yeah, it's a, it's a sham. It's, it's crazy. People can't understand not eating a certain way. And my guy that I listen to a lot, Aubrey Marcus, talks about it. it's it's mouth pleasure. It's 
Stop yeah. pleasing your mouth for a day and think about what you're putting in there. But it's just right. funny that we look at Tom Brady like he's crazy because he, he puts certain electrolytes in his drinks and that he doesn't eat food. And, and we look at it like he's crazy because I could never do that. And it's, no, maybe he's so freaking disciplined and Ben Roethlisberger needs to lay off the Shake Shack. No doubt. I Well, uh, yeah, it's why Tom Brady is playing at a higher level than Ben Roethlisberger it's our, right now. It's our Tom Brady of years, of years. Yeah, it's our Tom Brady, LeBron James thing that they're the leading athletes that are looking at what they're putting in their body, and that everyone else is going. They're just gifted. No, maybe like think about the fuel, and, and this is yeah. so like in the weeds, weightlift bro shit, but. It's, it's well, the truth. it's not. It's really about lifestyle, and it's something that needs to be talked about more because there's just there's so many fat people and people going around. Well, I don't know why I got cancer and all these kind of things. And you go, well, I mean, if we really broke down what you do to your body on a daily basis, I could tell you probably why you got, you know, uh, health issues or whatever it may be. I mean, I think it's not only a good lesson for sports. I mean, I think it's really yeah. something that we as a society need to start looking at and going okay, we put a lot of crap in our body. Why are we so obsessed with eating junk? And like you said, just making your taste buds feel good all the time. Yeah. Uh, I certainly notice a difference in my body and the way I feel I when eaten, I'm... I haven't eaten sugar in a week and a half, and I'm actually waking up before my alarm goes off. And I'm not surprised by it because I'm actually sleeping right. better. It's freaking crazy. I will say this. If Tom Brady is smart, he creates a meal plan service that delivers food according to his thing to people, and you create the Tom Brady meal plan diet because I think well, a lot of people would jump on that shit. Well, he, I mean, he sold his book, right? That sold out right away. It was like a $100 book, and they couldn't keep it on the shelves. And, you know, this is the other thing that I don't think people are talking about in sports right now. To, you know, you talk about, like, maybe why Tom Brady and the New England Patriots are good. I mean, um, and this has gone on throughout the history of football. But, first of all, Tom Brady's performance, TB12 and all that, the performance brand, he's got a store right there in Patriots Place. So, there's a – there's a lot of people who think Brady accepts less money for a contract wise because Mr. Kraft has done a lot for his TB12 company. He allows it to help the team. He's got a, he has a place there in Patriot Way. Huh. And people, I think, in a lot of ways think there's a deal outside of football between Mr. Kraft and Brady. And that's why Brady oh settles with $800,000. There's 100% a deal. Kraft is looking right. after baby boy Tom. I mean, Tom's no got to succeed it. after football as well. I got three other things quickly that I want to go over. Mayweather McGregor, are you already annoyed or are you interested? Oh, I'm so interested. I really, really? am. I love, I love UFC fighting. I love But McGregor. it's going to be Conor boxing. But, yes. Now, McGregor can box. If you ever watch his fights, I mean, he's a boxer. He can't wrestle Sims, or do any of that Sims, this is Floyd Mayweather. This is exactly Floyd Mayweather right. against a guy that can box. He's gonna. He's gonna. I would think he is gonna get knocked the fuck out. By yeah, Floyd it's, Mayweather. I mean, it's, it's gonna be forty-five seconds, and then we're gonna have a GIF of McGregor just flopping for eternity. It's the new Ronda Rousey. But this is the. This is the only thing I'll say. Like just in watching this guy fight. Okay, I've seen him fight. Uh, I would say his last eight to ten fights because uh, uh, I really love boxing and UFC. So. The thing about McGregor that I just will give him like the slightest chance, or at least it makes me think, is I've never seen the guy phased by a punch. I've never seen him get wobbly. Mm. I've never he might have such a like a Strong sledgehammer chin. of a head 
that he could just say, you know what, I'm going to put my face in there and take it from a Floyd Mayweather, and if my left finally hits, he will knock him down, maybe knock him out, because his left is legit, I think, boxing or UFC. If I'm yeah, McGregor if, if I'm McGregor, and the rules are boxing, I'm saying, fuck it, I'm tackling McGregor's legs, and I'm, ch- I'm tackling Mayweather's legs, and I'm choking him out, and I'm becoming an instant sensation. Well, Even more than you his, are right now. He might not get his paycheck if that happens, so I, I don't think he can do that, Lefko. I don't know. That's what I would do. I just, <laughs> I just feel like, like I, I think about Pacquiao Mayweather, and I think about how long it was built up, and how much of a yeah. fucking dud it was when it actually happened. And I think this is going to be that times TB twelve. Like I think it's just going to be boring as hell and end in forty five seconds. Yeah, it, Mayweather's fights well suck. Mayweather's fights are like Bernard Hopkins fights, but because he talks a lot of shit and spends his money, we think he's cool. Meanwhile, he's a piece of crap human, too. Total, totally agree. I mean, yes, he's the mo- least exciting great boxer we've ever seen. I mean, that, that's for sure. I mean, it's, he's, he's a defensive fighter that plays on a point system, and I think that's why we all like just were constantly hoping for somebody to knock his ass out. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see McGregor. McGregor's brilliant, man. I mean, the fact that he's even got himself in this conversation yeah, it's really smart. for this payday. He's a good marketer. You, you, yeah, exactly right. It just tells you like how smart he is. Uh, speaking of which, of uh, good marketing, uh, you were is not. Josh doing anything today? Is Josh doing anything? But or is it some? Up He's still right trying now? to come to grips with how we started about in vitro fertilization and twins, which is actually a great transition to the. Don't fact worry that about me, Sims. I'm fine. You were not okay, surprised, good. Sims. Sims, you were not surprised that Beyonce lost to Adele, huh? But you were surprised that she was surprised. I, I don't even understand. Oh, I mean, listen, you know, you guys know me. I got a ten-year-old and a six-year-old. I, I consider myself an expert in pop music right now, and <laughs> is that, that kind of crap. Yeah. And all I know is Adele's had a whole lot more hit, big-time songs. I, what was Beyonce's big song from that last CD? I don't even formation. Have, I know. What? Which one? Formation. Uh, yeah. Okay. That was average at best. So I yeah, don't but the whole know. thing was that the Lemonade album was a movement, and that it created. They also had that video release that did really well, uh, and right. the Beehive well, and all that. But you think that Adele's a lot better than Bay, huh? Of course. Yes. I mean, for great movement. That's great. And we can give her like a social humanitarian award, but this is called music. And I want to listen. I want to see the person who was best in music get the award. Did you hear what Carlos Santana said? Her music rights does it all. She's has the richest contract in record in, 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 uh, in performing history, right? That's what she signed the past year. She got like eight years, $130 million. Did you hear uh, what Carlos like, Santana said? Carlos Santana said Adele can really sing, but uh, Beyonce is more of a model musician. And it's interesting because Santana and Beyonce performed at one of the Super Bowls together. Right. Wow. That's, uh, that is, well, I, I don't think that's a totally off-base comment. I mean, yeah, she's, she's, Definitely, I mean, we know she's never been one to write her songs, make the music, do any of that stuff. And uh, I think you have someone in Adele who's extremely talented. So who's the Adele of the NFL and who's the Beyonce? Oh, man, the Adele of the NFL. Yeah, just, you know, pure talent, can't be stopped. We saying this, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, of course. Okay, then who's Beyonce, which is the not great of singer, but like incredible person and movement starter? Yeah, that's a good question. Let me think about that. 
I mean, gosh, I mean, I don't want to say she's not a great player, but yeah, who's a player that's like real good that people think are even greater than he really is? Like, well, uh, who? Tom Brady. No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, I mean, there is a little bit of that, but Brady's so awesome. And I can't say Brady is so legit and in it in all ways. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of a Beyonce comparison off the top of my head, but regardless, yeah, she shouldn't be that upset. Uh, And that was a fake moment at the end anyways. Uh, And then the last thing I have to ask is we're starting a new thing on the segment called Chris Sims Book of the Week Club. And I was just curious, what book are you reading right now that we could pass along to our loyal listeners? Oh, uh, you know me. Um, Deep into the books. Uh, I've read one book in my life. I'm not reading. I read the news. That's all I do. And then I've been watching my book of the week, guys, is I've been starting to watch these quarterbacks for the NFL draft. That sounds like, so what chapter are you on in that book? I mean, that book, I'm still in the first chapter. I just got a good look at least at all of them. You're on the the Patrick Mahomes chapter. Patrick Mahomes, I was blown away by. Um, I'm actually shocked there's not a little more talk. I mean, first of all, I think if you made me rank, like, you know, you you talk about the big four quarterbacks right now, right? Like Trubisky, Watson, Mahomes. And Kaiser. And uh, Kaiser. I'm definitely putting Kaiser fourth. Kaiser is not in their category. I guess I would put the Sean Watson one. Like I said, I'm at a very starting level of looking at these guys, but I would probably make Mahomes too, and it's really close. Mahomes is the most gifted thrower of them. Mahomes, to me, when I watched him, I said, wow, this is a more athletic Ben Roethlisberger. That's who he is. He has a big-time arm. All I'm going to say, Sims, is that we saw an elite-level athlete tight end come out of Texas Tech two years ago, and he still can't understand an NFL playbook. And now you're going to take a quarterback and try and put him in the NFL? I don't know. I I, I, uh, know. I get it. I totally get it. But as far as the physical ability goes, I'm uh, extremely impressed. And, And it's not just like system bullcrap throws. I saw more plays made with his phenomenal uh, athletic ability, his arm talent. That's what really blew me away. So, yeah, that'll be the big thing with Mahomes is just how raw he is, what he can do underneath the center because I've never seen that, what he can do inside of a huddle. He's not being taught like a total idiot there with Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury did have a few cups of coffee in the NFL. So, uh, they do some pro concepts, but yeah, it, you're right. That's going to be the interesting did thing. You, and, uh, and Deshaun Watson is another guy that just I'm I'm blown away by some of the physical things they do. Yeah, I, we'll I've do, watched a lot of positive stuff so I far. Think, so I, I haven't think broke down game by game yet. Next week we'll do more franchise talk, free agency talk as we near that, and then the combines coming up. Um, I I don't think we need to get into draft in the next week or two, but you start scouting for the combine, and then that's what we're going to do on the podcast: is free agency, franchise tags, and then a lot of draft previews in the upcoming months. Uh, last thing for you, what did you do for Danielle for Valentine's Day? I always love this answer. I, fucking nothing. <laughs> nothing. Every day is Valentine's Day. I'm not going to be you? that like, I can't do it. I, first of all, I'm a really good husband, and this Valentine's Day shit, like I used to make her go out on February 15th, the day after Valentine's. I used to get like literally like the willies and like, and like uh, goosebumps when I would go to these restaurants with like all these couples dinners. Oh, we love each other so much. We're going to be divorced in six months, but oh, I love you so much on this day. Like, what a bullshit holiday. Never. How long did it take partake. you? How long did it take you to convince her 
that you were not going to make Valentine's Day a big deal. Because, Josh, what did you do for Valentine's Day? We went to, uh, we went to Brooklyn Bowl. Had some fried chicken. What? That sounds great. Yeah, it was awesome. Wait, so Sims, how, how long did it take you to convince Danielle that you weren't going to be this great Valentine's Day gift giver? Yeah, I, we broke it down pretty early. I would say in college, I, that when I started to make my stand, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, okay, I would get her a, like some fun gifts. She would buy me some pornos and things like that for Valentine's Day. What? Uh, and that's when it got like a little relaxed. And then I think when I got in the NFL, we went, we went to a Valentine's dinner at like Tavern on the Green in New York City. Yeah, my yeah. rookie or second. Yeah, the famous place, right? Yeah, well, right in Central Park. It became like a dinner at the prom. You know, I'm playing in the NFL. I just left Texas, and I literally, it was like us and, you know, a, a thousand other couples in this huge room with Tavern in the Green. And I had all these people coming over, like, wanting to take pictures. Oh, are you Chris Sims? Can we take pictures? And that, I think, opened her eyes to how ridiculous the holiday is a little bit. And I've kind of just worked away at her from that point on. And, uh, I think she, now she realizes that I'm a pretty good husband and she lets me off the hook. We, we have Valentine's Day every Friday night, uh, Friday night date night. Sims, for the record, I just want you to know I gave Lefko the hook 25 minutes ago, so you're on your own time now. Yeah, well, this is a good topic. Okay, it's all right. Don't worry. It's all good. I got it. I got nothing else to do. I was going to say. I'm sick of my in-laws, so I'm ready to fly out of here. Uh, the, the, what's so interesting about the porno gift giving is because <laughs> and this is where the podcast ends. No, no, I just have one thing. <laughs> the interesting, the interesting thing with Valentine's Day, as with all gift giving, is you're giving a gift that you know people are going to later ask, "Hey, what did you get for your birthday? What did you get for Valentine's Day?" And it's a pretty bold move by Danielle dropping that early. It is. On. She, she, she's she's uh, she's cool like that. So. Yeah, it is It is a bold thing, and we won't talk about porn anymore, Josh. It's okay. Oh, porn can be a great thing for a relationship, or it can be a total disaster. It just depends on the couple. I agree. Do you think that <laughs> – I can't do it. Uh, Josh's face is getting <laughs> so red. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, well, do you get, like, Valentine's Day gifts for your daughter? Like, do you do that whole thing? No, I mean, my wife got, like, balloons and candy Yo, and stuff your like sister, that. Oh. Your sister takes it to a level that makes me uncomfortable. Oh, well, yeah. Her Snapchat with the balloons and the tables. She had a pizza shaped in a heart. She And then they still went out to dinner. What was the pizza for? I, I don't know. Uh, she loves wasting my dad's money. Cause that's she did not thing. spend your dad probably money. making my dad pay for that crap. That's what's crazy. Is Big Phil giving out big Valentine's Day gifts? Big Phil's definitely not doing anything for Valentine's. I wouldn't even know if he knew it was Valentine's until someone actually said something to him. Sims family is officially the least romantic Valentine's family that I've ever come across in my entire life. Yes. I like your professional voice today, too. Is it just because I'm on the phone with your, like, your professional hosting voice today? You're just not like as normal talking. I think I, got, I really got after it this weekend, and I've been drinking right? lemon water for the last three days to give me a throat again. Okay. <laughs> I went. I went to the backwoods with Chris Sims. Oh, uh, baby, backwoods! Hey, you know you got to go out there. You got to find the acorns and the shrubbery and the mushrooms that Tom Brady doesn't want to eat. All right, Sims, uh, enjoy your vacation. You're coming back to the city tomorrow. Uh, Monday, yep. Monday, we're going to start some draft stuff, and then I think free agency and um, franchise tags will be a lot of what we're talking next week on the podcast. So, uh, everyone out there, Sims and Lefko on Twitter, uh, hit us up with guys or stuff that you want Sims to watch. 
that might be a cool way yeah. to do it. And then we're going to start sure. uh, just – I'm going to just dive into your to your notebook. I have like 200 photos on my phone from last year's notebook trying to understand your cursive um, because you're the only person in the world that still uses cursive handwriting. <laughs> yeah, it's that time of year. Cursive reading by Lefko. All right, brother. Enjoy yourself. Later, All right, Sam's. guys. Be good. Peace out, homies. Um, his his love for porn knows no ends. And just uh, no problem talking about it in public, in private, yeah. to whoever wants to listen. I mean, we have, you know, about 120 people that listen to this podcast That's every week, more, and they're going to know. It's and about, they're going to know. It's about, a, it's about well, how many more times is that? It's about 10,000, but yeah. it's, I mean, it's Seahawk Scout, it's Bacon, <laughs> and it's uh, Pete Edwards, and that's it. So I've never been someone that, I've always been someone that's like, I'm going to keep my personal life personal, and then I'm going to, you know, all those other stuff, I'm, I don't need to share with people. His philosophy is, I'm just going to- I'm an open book. I'm going to put it out there. I'm an open book. Man. I am not an open book. Y- you think? I have a lot of skeletons that I yeah, need to hide. Right. What answer were you expecting when you asked me what I did for Valentine's Day? I thought you were going to do a prefix dinner what, where you drop the, two fifty three hundred to be at like an Italian restaurant. Who do you think I am? Like every other guy on Valentine's Day. Am I every other guy? I mean, I'm actually slightly offended you thought I would do that. Let's ask Camille if she thinks Josh is like every other guy. Oh. You are. We're going to have a discussion about this. You wear a Joseph A. Bank quarter zip every day. That has nothing to do with my personality or my relationship. All right. So Brooklyn Bowl fried chicken. Did you bowl? We did not bowl. We just drank, danced, and had fried chicken. Who was? It was a good DJ or band. Yeah. You ever heard of him? His name is uh, Questlove. He was on Valentine's Day. He was. Yeah. He's normally Thursday nights, but he went on Tuesday. Exactly. I'd like to go to him and on he's Thursdays. Great. He just stands up there and grooves. Just it's grooves. So funny. See, I think what Questlove is doing is really smart, which is it's good to work on Valentine's Day. So you don't have to take women out? Don't got it. Or yep. have an excuse. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I watched an NBA reporter interview a player after the game, and he goes, so do you have a special shout-out for <laughs> Valentine's Day? And this guy's eyes just rolled in the back of his head, and he goes, nope. I want to give a shout-out to my family, to my mom, to my sister. And the reporter started smiling because you know you set him up to fail. You know you set him it's up no to good. fail. It's no good. Man, I was... Questlove I, killed it last night. He was playing a lot of my uh, Valentine's romantic Day, beats. I hung out by myself, and I hung out with Tom Hardy. And I uh, I watched Taboo, which you. is a show that everyone needs to I'm watch. I'm happy for you, Adam. And I ordered Thai food. It was super dope. It's awesome. It's really yeah, good. I do agree with Chris, though. I think it's a bullshit holiday. It's ter- it's ridiculous. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Hold on. Put the headphones back on, Camille. State your opinion, Camille. Yeah, I want to hear You're this. Part of so the podcast. You, Go ahead. You, as a female, agree it is nonsense. Can you introduce Camille to everybody? So I don't Camille know is the person that is responsible for the awesome uh, cartoons that have been coming up that uh, the podcast has been tweeting out, which it takes like a 15 to 20 second clip and turns it into animation. Camille is the shit. Uh, but with all that said, you agree that's a bullshit holiday. I do. I think um, it's overhyped and... You know, it can be fun to do something, but uh, I don't think you need to go crazy. Yeah. Um, How about you treat your significant other right every day of your relationship and not just <laughs> Okay, on. so is, if you're in a relationship, is a card sufficient enough? So I will share a little bit of my personal. Wow, this <laughs> is oh, a personal here we go. Here we episode. Go. <laughs> my, my boyfriend and I had our first Valentine's. 
And it was a little bit like, what should we do? A couple of days ago, I saw um, the guy next to me at my desk ordering gifts for his girlfriend. I was like, should I get him something? Yeah. Lewis? <laughs> was it Lewis? It wasn't. It was actually Hunter. Oh, Hunter. Okay. Lewis is the biggest no. Yeah, like, Lewis is like, I don't need to give anything. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> and he lets everybody know. But um, so I was kind of like nervous about it because I hadn't thought about it. I... We were making dinner that night. I was. I just asked him. I was yeah. like, "Are we going to do gifts or not?" Yeah, I think you have to have that discussion. <laughs> yeah, I have been in discussions with girls where I've been like, "I think Valentine's Day is crazy," mm-hmm. and they're like, "They're like, well, I still want flowers or gifts." Yeah. And I go, "Okay, well, I would like flowers and gifts." <laughs> and they go, "Oh no, that's not how this happens." And I go, "What do you mean?" Right. People tell me that Valentine's Day is about the relationship, mm-hmm. but yet it's another day in which I need. It's your birthday. Basically. I'm get, yeah, but Basically. the man, no. I, the man. Do we believe, think anyone is still listening to the podcast? I right hope now? so. I believe <laughs> that the men should get some love too. Like I, I'll buy gifts. Did you get a gift? I didn't get a gift. Well, we already decided we weren't doing okay, gifts. Okay, okay. And you know, his birthday's coming up soon, so whatever. Like that's the problem too. <laughs> so think about this timeline of gift giving. Yeah. End of the holidays, mm-hmm. so you're getting Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you're doing. Then two months later. February, mm-hmm. Valentine's, not even two months, a month and a half later, Valentine's Day. And then I always end up talking to people whose birthday is like a month after that. Mm-hmm. And now I've dropped like three grand in like five months. Right. And it's crazy. Right. And then, and then, we're, then it's like, why don't we do anything in the summer? Right. Well, and some people go on vacation in January, early February Man. as well. Are you a good gift giver, Josh? Uh, no, time out, time out. Camille, really. do you think that Josh would be a good gift giver? <laughs> he already outed him. So. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I think that he's he's lessening how good he is. I think Josh is someone that hears. Josh is a boyfriend that uh-huh. hears his girlfriend likes something mm-hmm. and remembers it. And then six months later, it's, hey, remember that street sign that you said would look great in the foyer? So... I'm, you're exactly correct, yes. but not not related to gift giving, more to like experience having. So like mm-hmm. I pay attention if someone says like, and by someone I mean my significant other, if she says she wants to go to a restaurant, I will remember that and I will yes. make the reservation for like three months later. Are you good at keeping the surprise? Uh, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah you know me. How, never, how am I with secrets? You suck. You <laughs> tell people suck. out there how I am with secrets. I mean, I don't tell Lefko anything anymore <laughs> because I can't trust that he's not going to announce it to the entire office. Yeah. We And it's not on purpose. It's just I just kind of yeah. You're just a you're just yeah, yeah. You're just a buffoon of the mouth <laughs> is what you are. Adam Lefko, buffoon of the mouth. That's what it is. Man, All right, let's end this podcast. I don't even know if I'm going to publish this. I want to now go on a double date with Sims and his wife and just. I think just, they would love that. Oh man, they probably bring the kids. Just see how we're. Oh, well, they're like my kids. Could bring point. four headsets and record the whole thing. <laughs> I'm sure Sims would love that. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's always fun. Again, hit us up with more questions. I want to give a quick shout-out to a lot of people at Bleacher Report. Um, There's been some changes. We're going in a new direction. Um, But I want to give a special shout-out to Paul Kaplan, who has helped out this podcast for a very long time um, and helping us with guests. And the number of people that he's gotten us over the years is is pretty crazy when you look back. It's always weird to work with Paul just because – I am maybe the most opposite of Paul as a human possible, uh, but I want to give a shout out to him and then also people like Nick Tony and George that have helped us out with recording over the years. Um, they've they've really kind of stepped in when we've needed to, and I love you guys, and it's been awesome. So uh, love everybody. Uh, go out there. Don't always please your mouth is something you learned today. And also, if you're Chris Sims, it's okay to give really inappropriate kiss for Valentine's Day. Uh, For Camille, say goodbye. 
Goodbye, everyone. For Josh. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Josh, how much editing are you going to do? I don't know. I don't know if I'm publishing this. I love it. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.